Hey guys, welcome to the first ever Six Man Podcast. This is something I've been working on for a few months now, so I appreciate you taking the time to listen. The idea behind this podcast is to provide some in-depth looks at some key role players and the best bench players. So, what better way to start it off than with a top 10 list? I recorded this episode back when I was in Vancouver visiting my brother, so without further ado, I bring to you episode 1. Alright, so with me today is my brother Sammy and our buddy Devin, uh, and we're going to be doing the top 10 all-time rankings of the sixth man in the NBA. Uh, so I just want to thank you guys for being on the show with me. So the way that we're going to do this, uh, so we broke it down into tiers, and we're going to start with our bottom tier. Uh, so I have some honorable mentions that I'll start with, and then we can get into the actual list. Sounds good. Uh, how many, how many tier, tiers did you guys each have? Uh... I did three. Did you do three? three? Yeah. Okay, so I had four for my top ten, and then I had a fifth tier for my honorable mentions. Uh, so I'm not going to talk a lot about them. I'll just list them out. But basically, these are guys uh, that were that had a, a few good years being a six-man on a team, then eventually they got better, or they played a key six-man role uh, for a championship team for one or two years. Uh, so my list is Eric Gordon, Shane Battier, Jason Terry, Robert Horry, J.R. Smith, Kevin McHale, Del Curry and Derek Fisher. Uh, so those are my honorable mentions. Did you guys have any? Yeah, I think I think one guy that gets underappreciated when it comes to six man is uh, Andre Iguodala, because I think when, historically when you look at a six man, they usually look at who's averaging the most points. But he was so versatile, and uh, he had such a big impact on defense. I mean, you think about the Rockets. Everyone says, "Oh, Chris Paul went down, and they went went to the finals." But if Iguodala was healthy, with or without Chris Paul, they wouldn't have made the finals. So I think I think he's definitely underappreciated six man. So I love that you have him in your honorable mentions because I actually have him in my top ten. All right, so well you're we'll wrong, but you, go ahead. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I have one that uh, you mentioned, Adam, in he's my in top, ten. top ten. Okay. Oh yeah, in got... one of my top tiers actually. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, you, got, you have an honorable mention that's my second. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get we'll get into it. Okay. Uh, so my tier four. So that's my bottom tier. I have three guys in there. Um, so, and the way the tiers are working is the order within the tier isn't necessarily that important. It's just they're all kind of, they're interchangeable. Um, and so my tier four was scoring six men. So guys are good scorers, but didn't really do much of anything else, at least at the time. Uh, so I'll start with my number 10, and that's James Harden. Mm. Hmm. Um, so why don't you guys say your top 10 that we can yeah. discuss. So uh, I had Detmar Schrempf, probably pronounced that wrong. But he was my number 10. Um, two-time sixth man of the year, three-time all-star. You know, he was even all-time NBA third team. Um, but it's funny, I will spoil my number nine. My number nine is James Harden, so we have him ranked around the same. Nice. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Guess that's why I got, I got through him into this. Um, so my tier three, I only have one player in there. Is, I, I have it also ranked from 10 through to one. Uh, so my number 10 would be Cliff Robinson from Portland. 92-93 team there. Um, he averaged 19 points, seven rebounds, and was a defensive beast. He had like over steal a game, two blocks, and wasn't too bad from the field. Uh, free throws a little weak, but um, he was a huge piece for that team. Cause I mean, just looking at the roster, I think they their other good guys are Strickland and maybe Tracy Murray. Cause <laughs> I don't know, like I I feel like. He was a big piece that they needed because um, I think they also had Kevin Duckworth, who was a, a steady center at the time. But I think for scoring, uh, Cliff Robinson was was that go-to um, forward that they were looking at. So Cliff Robinson is my number 10. 
I did almost have Cliff Robinson in my honorable mentions. I will say that. Nice. Uh, but uh, I, I think that's, I think that says what needs to be said about that pick, though, is it almost made honorable mentions. <laughs> 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 I, I had to throw this together pretty quick. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sammy, your number nine was Lou Will, or, uh, James Harden. Yeah. Uh, so, Devin, why don't you give us your number Well, can nine? I just explain oh, why? Okay. Oh, Actually, yeah, because he had... Like, he's obviously, if you look at players overall, he's the best now. But obviously, yeah. like the years he was sixth man. But I would say he would have ranked maybe higher if he didn't have such a terrible finals performance as a sixth man. Sure. Because um, mm. he was very impressive as, as the third option and then taking over um, the second unit and had great playoff moments against the Spurs and stuff. But I couldn't, there's some people, there's one person specifically at number eight that gave him the nudge because of finals performance. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so the reason why I had him at 10. Um, which I would consider, I guess, low on the list of these guys, is just because I think he was only sixth man for three, four years in his career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his rookie year, he really didn't do that yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to see more more yeah. of that. Yeah, which is why I didn't have someone like Cliff Robinson, only because yeah, he, was he, did, he, was, yeah, he was, wasn't a sixth man for the, uh, as long a duration for my yeah. criteria. Fair. Fair. All right, uh, so Devin, well, who's your number nine? My number nine is Tony Kukoc. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Um, so... I also put the guys in my list that all actually won six-man awards and kind of ranked them from there. Um, Tony Kukoc was crazy versatile. I'll give him that. Uh, that's why he's in my tier two. Um, I could He could have played like three through five um, with his height. Um, also had really good percentages. Uh, he had it was 50% from the field, uh, 40% from three-point uh, range and 77 from the free throw but just the fact that he could stretch the floor that much and with that length coming from Europe at that time you know he I, I definitely think he deserves to be in the top 10 for sure uh, so that's my number nine so my number nine uh was another score because it's still the same tier for me was uh Lou Williams so okay. I now I have him and my number eight above James Harden just because they've done it longer but they're the same type of player where their role come off the bench score. and be that ball handler and that score. Uh, and then my tiers ahead of that are just guys that can do a bit more, so that's why I have these guys a bit lower. Right. Um, See, it's funny. Your tiers are very different than how I structured my tiers. Like, my third tier is more, um, like, just, like, what I feel is, like, a solid, like, six-man. Like, they fill the role perfectly, a little bit versatile, right. all that stuff, score. And then I have, like, my second tier is what I consider, like, professional six-men. Like, that's what they're known for. They've really carved up the niche, and, like, they've kind of made the, that position sexy. So you're going to have Lou Williams a bit higher than them? Yeah. Right, yeah. okay. And then, and my, my tier one is they impacted winning way more than a starter has. Yeah. Uh, my tier one's very similar to yeah. that. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so number eight. Did you want – you didn't say your eight yet, did you? No, so I, I can go. So my eighth is uh, Jason Terry. So yeah, the jet. Yeah, he just he just passed Harden because he did make it to the finals twice. Um, actually, he first time as a starter, but the second time he had great finals performance. Had great performance against the Lakers when they swept the Lakers, um, and he just brought that bravado that that team really needed. Um, so he's he was he's he's definitely a professional yeah. uh, sixth man. Um, have him a little bit lower in the on the list because he wasn't quite as 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 um, you know affluent and as some of the other ones that I have up, but. Um, Definitely had to put him in there. Awesome. Uh, Devin, you want to say your number eight? Yeah, my number eight is uh, Daryl Armstrong from the 98-99 Orlando Magic team. He won it that year um, and was a defensive perimeter beast. I really liked his whole game that, that year. Um, 
his uh, stats from the floor, uh, he had a 44% field goal shooting. He had 37% from the three-point and 90% from the free-throw line. Um, so he's a steady shooter there. And uh, I, I just think he brought a lot to that Magic team. Um, I think this was the year that they didn't have Shaq, right, 98-99. So uh, I think he was one of their main go-to scorers by the end of that season. Uh, so I have Daryl Armstrong at number nine. Uh, number eight, you mean, right? Uh, eight, yeah, sorry. So my number eight, uh, again, the same criteria as Lou and James Harden. You guys are probably know who I'm going to say, Jamal Crawford, yep. uh, who I think should still be on a team in today's league. I don't Absolutely. care how old he is. Uh, I can think of a few teams that can use his help, but I'll save that for our next episode. Um, yeah, I mean, he he's him and Lou Williams both three times sixth man of the year awards. Those are the professional six, like that is their role, that is their job, and they're just so good at it to provide that extra lift off the bench when a team just needs that extra score, that extra bucket, uh, someone that they can rely on that isn't in the starting lineup. So that's why I have him there. Um, is that that's everyone's number eight? Correct? Yeah, yeah. So my my seventh, I have Michael Cooper. Again, I kind of said this earlier when I was talking about Iguodala. Often it's uh, off- glamorizes offensive role being the yeah. sixth man, but having someone that could change the game and change the the, the pace and, and lock up the best the best guy and do it for a long time and win championships and, and really kind of be the unsung hero for much of his career is he definitely needs uh, a spot on this list and I think seven's pretty appropriate for him. That's one of the guys I wanted to add to my honorable mentions, but I forgot to write it down. I remember, I remember looking at him, and when he said his name, I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, I'm a little older, so I'm a little wiser to to the older guys. <laughs> I got, I got some older guys. <laughs> uh, my my number seven was actually uh, Shrimp. Uh, so my so this is now my tier three, uh, and so this category I had was versatile offensive helpers. Uh, so these are kind of guys that can play multiple positions, do multiple things on the court, aside from just being scorers. Uh, but they might be a little bit limited on the defensive side. Mm. Uh, so that's why I have Shrimp at the seven spot. I do as well. <laughs> I have Dead nice. Shrimp at seven. I think and that's our first yeah. Yeah. number. Back-to-back uh, six-man, right? Like 90-91, uh, 91-92 on Indiana. That team is pretty stacked too, actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have Detlef there. Again, because he's versatile, really good uh, in terms of seeing the floor. So, you know, he's averaging almost four assists a game. Um, and defensively, I think, is where he fell in my list mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but, yeah, got to give it up for Detlef. He was he was dope those two years. Yeah, so defense is also why I have him last in this tier. Um, my number six was already mentioned by you, Devin, I think. Uh, so Tony Kukoc, another guy with a similar versatile play style on offense. And as well, that helped lead to three championships for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, he wasn't terrible defensively, but he wasn't someone you'd rely on. Mm, he's pretty terrible. <laughs> like he, I mean, Phil Jackson's biggest beef with Kukoc was getting him to defend. And I, I had him in my kind of 8-10 to 10 originally, and I had to bump him off because... I, I also uh, looked at this like, who do I want on my team? And Kukoc, he'd probably be better in today's NBA. But mm-hmm. I just defensively, he's 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 a little bit of a liability, and it just it's a little bit because not that he doesn't have the skill, he just didn't really care for it. Uh, who's your number six then? My number six. Uh, so now I'm in the tier of professional. Okay. Scores. Wait, Jason Terry wasn't in that. No. Okay. Um, because he he's he could run the the, right. the point and stuff did, like that. Did you have a title for your tier three, or is that just your bottom guys? This is my bottom guys. Okay. Um, 
So I have Vinny Johnson, the microwave. He was professional score under and it's, if you look at his stats, they might be they're a little bit deceiving because he played in the bad boys era where you're no one's scoring anything and he played less than thirty minutes. I think he averaged you know fourteen, fifteen, whatever it was, and they won two championships off the back of really three guards, right? You got Isaiah Thomas and Dumars, and then you have Vinny Johnson coming off the bench. Um, being that, that that third attacker and and really being a good spark plug and um, I mean his nickname is microwave like uh, that's enough said. <laughs> All right, Devin, who is your number six? My number six was Jamal Crawford. Mm. Um, I have him there. So the past couple picks have been in my tier two section. Tier two kind of being a little more versatile. Like Jamal, can, he could play point or shooting guard. Um, with those handles, you could play either position. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the best scorers I've seen play the game. Um, sure. But uh, the ones I have ahead of him, I personally think were more versatile and a little more elite in their positions, helping their teams kind of get to where they ended up. Uh, so I think Jamal Crawford in at number six makes sense. Right, and that's the same reason why I have the guys ahead of him, mm-hmm. uh, even though I have him at eight. Right. Uh, so my number five then... Uh, so another versatile offensive player. A uh, little bit better on defense than the other two, but that's uh, Lamar Odom. Mm. Uh, and another guy who his help led to championships, uh, even though he got to play with Kobe Bryant. But yeah, uh, he, he, he played a big role. Uh, I know he, when he started with the Clippers, he was a starter, but then he, he slid into that six-man role with the Lakers very well mm-hmm. and was great in just running that Phil Jackson offense. Uh, very big key to winning those championships. Nice. Yeah, he also played over thirty minutes a game. That's yeah. So that's that's pretty crazy from that six man spot. But yeah. Um. Sorry, is that number your, five? Number five. Yeah, I have I have Jamal Crawford. Okay. So right. That's yeah. Is there anything funny. that we haven't said about him that you want to add? Yeah. Uh, just the fact that it's really fucking impressive that he's scored what fifty points on four or five different teams. Yeah. His last game he played in the NBA, he scored fifty. The game before that, he had like thirty eight, and he doesn't have a job. That's ridiculous. Yeah. If he's in the NBA today, he's breaking Michael Jordan's record for most points by a forty-year-old or whatever. Whatever that yeah, record is, yeah. he lands in the right team. You, you put him on, on like Charlotte, like a team that he'll he be, can just he'll go be getting off. buckets till he's eighty. Yeah, oh, that guy's crazy. Professional he's just scorer, freakishly athletic for his. He might age be my favorite like, player. The fact that he can list. still move like that, <sighs> crazy, yeah. crazy. Um, at my number five spot was actually Lamar Odom as well. Nice. That's why I added in those minutes because I had those stats in front of me. <laughs> Uh, no, he was he was dope, man. And his like three point percentage, he was he was almost the 50, 40, 90 club if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, his free throw sucked. But no, he like he had decent percentages, and in that three point category, like the fact that he could stretch the floor and then blow by guys basically mm-hmm. if they try to come out, and he also could see the floor really well. He was averaging. Just over three assists yeah, a game. Yeah, two point forward. Yeah, so and defensively, he was averaging a steal and a block a game as well. It's like that's some crazy production coming off the bench. So yeah, Lamar Odom at five. Yeah, he was definitely defense. better defensively than Ku Coach and Detlef in that tier three for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my so my tier two, which is where I have my four and my three spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are my versatile playmakers who are also really good defenders. Um, so that's why I had. Because they're 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 more guys that can stop the opposing best player. Mm-hmm. That's why I kept Lamar Odom in the tier three below it. Uh, so my number four is actually Andre Karolinko. Oh, damn. So, okay. I'm, I'm How many years did he come off the bench? Oh, I can't remember. I have to look that up. 
Man, Andre Kirilenko, he was a beast. I never really, I never really thought of him as a six man, to be honest. Yeah, look this guy up. He was the Swiss Army Knife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. So. He, he he's someone that when I was looking at him, I'm like surprised I was able to add him to my list. He also had really dope tattoos. Um, so no, he was he six had, he had a terrible dragon tattoo. <laughs> that was the joke. Uh, no, the three time all defensive team. Yeah, but what, how many years did he play on the bench? So yeah, his rookie so year, right. and then. Uh, 08 09 season. That's not enough to be a six man. And as well as the. So, about three years. Yeah, but like, he's trashed one of those years with Brooklyn. With Brooklyn? I'm not, I'm not looking at that. Three years. So, okay. First rookie year, half the games. Yeah. I'll give you that. Second year, yeah. 08 09 and 09 010. But his best years, he's starting. Well, yeah. Well, same with a lot of. Same with Andre Iguodala. Same with Lamar yeah. Odom. Yeah, that's fair, but I mean. I don't. I. I just the way I'm looking at it is yeah. his play style of being uh, someone who can create offense for guys on offense, and being a really good defender. That that's my criteria for tier two, and he fits that perfectly. Hmm. Um. So I. I thought I really thought he deserved a spot. All right. Yeah. Well, this is all subjective anyway. Yeah. That's why you do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, but I'm. Just, I'm right. So. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to the wrong opinion. I can't hate on Kirilenko, though. He was, AK-47 was one of my favorite players oh, yeah. to watch. But he's not on your list. He's not on my list, no. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I'm four and not number three in this tier is because he got dunked on by Baron Davis. One of my favorite dunks. <laughs> Alright, who's your guys' number four? I got Lou Wu. Okay. So, the only reason I gave him the nod over Jamal is I thought Lou, last year, even though they didn't win the series... Um, and even early in his career when he was with Philly against Miami, he had a tremendous impact in the playoffs. Um, yeah. You know, last year especially, he had no help, and he he gave um, the Warriors their biggest scare until they met the you know the eventual champions, the Toronto Raptors, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and the eventual uh, twenty twenty champs. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Lou Williams, I mean, professional scorer. What more can you say about the guy? Had rocked two girlfriends at the same time. Unbelievable. Uh, two gangster. That's why he's in my tier one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's the last. Of, he's the first in my tier two of professional six men. All right, and Devin, your number four. Uh, my number four is going to surprise all of you. <laughs> um, it's James Harden. Okay. Uh, I picked him because in my tier one, I looked at it from versatility. He could play one through three if he really needed to. Um, I looked at him, like being a walking bucket. He basically was that year. He was their like third third option basically, and. Uh, I know defensively at that time he wasn't great. That's why he didn't start. <laughs> so that's yeah, but he was still averaging over thirty minutes a game, um, and helped them get to the finals that year. Um, so yeah, James Harden at four. No, I, I can't hate on that pick because the reason why I didn't have him that high was because of the limited years. But mm-hmm. after saying Andre Karolinko, I feel like I can't hate on that. Yeah, you're a hypocrite. <laughs> uh, we going number three. Yeah, you want to start it? Sure, yeah. So I got uh, Manu Ginobili. Uh, the first guy to make the six-man cool in my era, personally, and the guy that really... He he like essentially pioneered the, the prominence of the Eurostep. Like, yeah. like, now it's something that kids are learning, and really, it was, it was rare. He was the one, Him and Dwayne Wade were really the only ones doing it for quite a while. Uh, three-time NBA champ. You know, he made the All-NBA team twice. He's a six-man once, which is a little bit weird looking back at it, considering how many years he did it and how great he was at it. But there is voters fatigue. Um, but the three times NBA champ. I mean, you talk about James Harden being the third option. Manu, a lot of times, was the first option mm-hmm. on offense, if, if, if especially when Tony Parker was younger um, and Tim Duncan didn't have it going. I can't argue against Manu Ginobili. He's higher up on my list. 
Uh, is this your tier one, sorry? Yeah. Okay. And you have, so you have three guys in that? Yeah. All right. Devin, who is your number three? My number three was Lou Will. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory when we've touched on it. I mean, he was he's another walking bucket. Uh, in the 17-18 uh, season, he was averaging over 30 minutes a game and had almost 23 points a game. Um, and, like, just was a beast out there. Uh, it was... It was pretty hard to guard him, and that bump fade shot that he has in those corners, he, he could get anyone with him. And especially when he had rookies guarding him, it was hilarious watching that <laughs> year because he was just he was uh, just unbelievable with the and going to his left. He's yeah, just, going to it's the same move every time, but it's so effective. Yeah. He just goes to his left. Yeah. You know, he, that happened because of his knee injury. So when he tore his ACL, when oh, yeah. he was rehabbing, he he was trying to become confident in it, so he kept practicing that little sidestep to the left. Mm-hmm. And then he said, "I practiced it so much that." That just became my thing. But he learned how to take contact and then finish. Oh, yeah. like, See, that's the difference between... He's basketball strong, even though he's mm-hmm. really like skinny. Yeah. Like That's why I always... Whenever there's a young player drafted, they're like, oh, he needs to be put on weight. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, Just let him be him. Let him optimize what he's good at. There's a lot of skin... Like, Kyrie Irving's another good example of a guy that's skinny, but is basketball strong. Could take contact mm-hmm. yeah. um, and fight through it. Also has the best handle, in my opinion. To yeah. Kyrie Irving? Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah. He's too good to talk about on the show, though. <laughs> All right, so my, my number three. Uh, so, Sam, you brought him up in your honorable mention, so that's where I have Andre Vidala. Oof, that's high. Again, but he fits that versatile playmaker who is a solid defender, and he's the only one on this list with a finals And again, MVP. it goes to your hypocritical James Harden because he only had a few years as sixth man. <laughs> it does, it does. But he was more effective than James Harden in the sixth man role. He's got a finals MVP. That should have gone to Steph, but it's okay. Great uh, he, he played he played well, and I mean, he, he's done that for the Warriors for their entire stint of being the best team in the league. Yep. It wasn't just that year. Um, he, and he's hit, even though his shooting's gone down, he, he hit big, a big shot against the Raptors in game yep. two, I think. Which yep. I hated. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I was pissed. I was fine with him getting the ball, and then he hit it, and I was yeah. like, oh. It's like man. one of those, all right, that's who you want shooting yeah. the ball. And then you're like, oh, wait, he used to be able to shoot. He's of course still, he's going to burn still us. Good. Yeah. Still an NBA player. Uh, and so that's the end of my tier two. So my tier one is just overall game. These are all NBA guys, champions. Uh, so my number two is John Havlicek, uh, who I recently okay. found out played actually seven years as a six man. I thought it was a lot less than that. Uh, and so that he was the man for Boston uh, in the Bill Russell era. And then even after when he was a starter, he helped them win two more championships. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, the guy above him I have on my list is probably also going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so these guys are just a tier above the rest. Uh, so that's why I got him at number two. Nice. My, my number two is Kevin McHale. Okay. I mean, for a lot of the reasons you listed, like champion, played on a stacked team. Um, and when you look at his numbers, like when he's off the bench, like his best years are 18, 19, you know, around mm-hmm. nine to, you know, nine, eight rebounds. He's like a 29 guy. But the thing that's super impressive is just his efficiency. I mean, mm-hmm. 57%. Yeah consistently yeah. had some years in the 60 percent like that's you don't see that now i mean maybe you saw that with like um, lebron back in miami days when him and wade were just you know toying with the league a little bit but 57 percent the only guy i can think of is like sabonis maybe yeah maybe. and it's free throw solid free throw shooter um pat like willing passer yeah. like you know averaging almost you know his one year with averaging almost three three assists and a true um, post player. Uh, post, yeah, true yeah, post he, player. His one post the, moves one of the best. Arguably the best post move player at, next to Elijah One. I would. I say, was going to say, yeah, the dream has the best yeah. down there. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kevin McHale was wild and like sneaky defensively. He was averaging over a, a block a game, like close to two blocks a game, 
And like that, did you have him at your number two as well? I did have him at my number two. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back to back, six man, um, and a Hall of Famer. I mean, not much more you can say about that, man. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys remember, but I had him in my honorable mention. So the reason why I had him low is just because he was so much better as a starter, um, and and that's another reason why I have James Harden below because he's just so much more known. He's a lot better as a starter. Whereas someone like Andre Goodell, Andre Carolyn. But let me ask you this. If you one. had a draft of all day six then, do you take McHale's... Oh, for, I would take Mikhail Havlicek probably. One and two. Yeah. Um, but so I'm your list is wrong. In the sixth man. <laughs> no. No, but what I'm saying is if you could take Mikhail as the sixth, like as good as he was playing the sixth man, you would take him over some of the players on your list. Uh, no. You would. No. Who's your number 10? James Harden. Who's your number nine? Lou Williams. Who's your number eight? Jamal Crawford. You take Mikel over all three of those players. Yeah, easily. Easily. All right. Uh, is that everyone's number two? Yeah. Okay, yeah. you want to start with your number ones? Or, Devin, why don't you start with your number one? Sure. At number one is one of my favorite players on one of my favorite teams, Manu Ginobili. Uh, big fan of the Spurs. They're my second favorite team. Love Pop, love his whole style there. But, uh, yeah, Manu's definitely my number one six-man. The guy won four championships with the Spurs. Um, I mean, this guy's a beast. He kills bats on the court legitimately. <laughs> and, uh, like, all of his percentages are beastly. He's, he's almost close to that 50-40-90 uh, yeah. club. Um, playing over 30 minutes a game. Uh, yeah, he, he should have gotten more votes <laughs> and more uh, six-man awards, in my opinion. But, uh Manu Ginobili is definitely my number one pick for six man. Nice. Yeah. yeah, he was my number one as well. Again, for all the same reasons, uh, I I believe he's a future Hall of Famer. Yep. He's definitely an All NBA player, and he's got a future. He's got four championships, not three. He's got three. Three. Yeah. Oh three. Duncan did. Duncan won it four times. So for five times. Oh three. Oh five. Oh seven. And twenty fourteen. Yeah, I, I have I, basketball references four. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, John John Havlicek is my number one. Fair. I think it's an obvious number one person. Like, I mean, this guy he played. He was one of the most. He was one of the first versatile players, going from guard oh, forward, um, across the board, rebounds, boards, assists. They didn't track defensive stats then, but I'm sure he played defense. And just seeing some of the I'm quotes, sure <laughs> some of the quotes that you see from his competitors are really impressive. Where they were like, his superpower was actually his conditioning, where he just never got tired. He's constantly running up and down. I mean, can you imagine someone that has that kind of M.O. in, in today's game? I think uh, out of all the, the, the sixth man that, in terms of how good they were when they were the sixth man, he's the best player. If I had a number one pick, it would be him. Mm-hmm. Can't argue against that. I mean, Eight they're time. having the same tier as Maine Ginobili. He, he was that good of a player, and you see it when he becomes a starter in the 70s and wins two more championships yep. with those Celtics teams. Totally. Um, where he, he was the go-to guy, him and Dave Cohen's, I believe, uh, and that's after, yeah, that's after the Bill Russell era. So yep. it shows that he he really knew what he was doing. And he could, yeah, he really he extended that legacy. Awesome. Oh yeah. yeah. Damn, an eight-time All-Defensive team. What? That's John cool. Havlicek was. Yeah, yeah. Eight Seventy-three, times, wow. seventy-four Finals MVP. Oh yeah, he's got some. Yeah, he's he cleaned up. He's got all the accolades. Yeah. One of the most accomplished NBA players ever. Yeah. It started his career off as sixth man. All right, so I mean that that's our top ten list. So I just want to thank you guys for doing that with me. I uh, hope you guys had as much fun as I did, Definitely. and I'm looking forward to doing more episodes with you guys. Sweet.
Alright guys, so that was episode one. If you stuck around, I really appreciate it. I definitely feel like it was cool to see the different ways that we approached the list, and that's what makes basketball discussions so great. Stay tuned for some more episodes to come out, and follow us on Instagram at 6th underscore man underscore pod. And if there's any specific players you want to hear about, let us know.